Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in our modern world. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universal's Church of Muncie. Today's lesson is entitled Hospital Chaplaincy and the Interfaith Experience. Please welcome Reverend George Wolfe. Hello and welcome to Converging Streams. Two types of ministries in American society today that have come to require an interfaith background on the part of the minister are ministries in the United States military and ministries at American hospitals. In the armed services today, for example, we have men and women serving from all of the major faith traditions, which include Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, and Baha'i. Similarly, in American hospitals, people from a variety of religious traditions have need for medical attention. Today we are pleased to have with us Reverend Robert Burton, who is the hospital chaplain at Ball Memorial Hospital in Muncie, Indiana. Reverend Burton, welcome. Well, thank you. I thought we could start perhaps by having you talk a little bit about your background, how you came to the hospital chaplaincy. Okay. I'm a recovering Southern Baptist. I grew up in Tennessee, and <laughs> more Baptist there than there are people. Uh, so that's my heritage. Uh, even in college, I remember reading about uh, clinical pastoral education, which is the training model that uh, hospital chaplains go through, and I was drawn to that. And so I attended a seminary in North Carolina that was near a training center and was able finally to do a year of residency as a chaplain at Baptist Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So that's, that's where my roots are. And I've been a chaplain uh, for really 30 years. I've served a uh, state hospital for in the mental health system in Tennessee, and then I was at a Catholic hospital in the Memphis area. And then I spent 13 years at an American Baptist affiliated hospital in Evansville, Indiana, and then came to Ball mm-hmm. about five years ago. Now, I know that uh, many years ago, hospital chaplaincy really dealt more with what is ecumenical as opposed to what is interfaith. Isn't, isn't that correct? That, that's, that's pretty accurate. Uh, I've been in one of the professional chaplains organizations since the early 70s. I remember when I first became a part of that, the group was mostly white, mostly Protestant, mostly male, mm-hmm. and mostly Christian. And, and the complexity of that has really changed. I was at a chaplains convention recently in Dallas, and there's very much an interfaith presence. I would probably say the majority would still be from a Christian orientation, but it's... Uh, very visible presence from other faith traditions. Uh, uh, I've talked with chaplains who come from a Sikh background. I've talked with several who are Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have that kind of opportunity for interchange. And, of course, in the breakout sessions, you get a chance to uh, sit down and, and talk with people from uh, other faith traditions. I've been to some workshops on Buddhist meditation, those kinds of things. I see. Perhaps we should explain to our listeners that the word ecumenical really refers to bringing denominations together within Christianity. That's right. Whereas the word interfaith now comes to mean bringing people together from distinct faith traditions, such as Muslims and Christians, or Mm -hmm. Muslims and Jews, Christians and Jews, Hindus and Buddhists, Hindus and Christians, and so forth. And one of the things, I was at a church-affiliated hospital before coming here, Mm -hmm. and while in that kind of setting there's certainly uh, a need to and an openness to to embrace a variety of of religious traditions, uh, there's still the um, sense of mission that's connected with the faith tradition on which the hospital is founded. 
And of course, that's obvious, especially in Catholic hospitals. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, Ball Hospital is a secular institution, so I think I've been more aware or experientially I've been able to have more contact across faith traditions here. Now, this is basically the result of the growing diversity in our our society, wouldn't you say? Part of that is, and of course, in a community like Muncie, when you got a university community, and then also in the medical community, you have a lot of uh, variety among the physicians. So I see. Uh, and I've had some good friendships with uh, several of the Muslim physicians in our community who uh, I consider friends. And uh, I remember uh, a couple of years ago, a doctor who was Hindu Mm -hmm. stopped me in the hallway and mentioned that his mother was sick back home in India, and he asked me if I would pray for her. I see, right. And Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Mm -hmm. that seemed to be a normal, natural interchange in the hallway. Now, you uh, offer some services at uh, Ball Memorial Hospital. Uh, by services, I mean we do some worship. services. Yeah, worship we have, services. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the main opportunities to become interfaith are we do a memorial service twice a year, and this is where families are invited to come back and attend the service you know, to remember a loved one that had passed away. And uh, Is this connected with the hospice program? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. No, no. I'm, I'm chaplain for the hospital. There's a separate chaplain for the hospice program, and they do a service similar to this. But mm-hmm. uh, this is uh, for uh, families of people who have lost loved ones in the hospital side, emergency room or up on mm-hmm. the floor. And, and how often is this done? Once twice a year. year. Twice a year. Mm-hmm. And over a six-month period. And we generally have about 600 deaths per year. And so there would be about 300 names. You know, With, with the HIPAA uh, restrictions now, we can't broadcast the names. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. there would be about 600, about 300 individuals who would be remembered at each service. So when you have one of those services, how do you approach it? Thinking that we, you probably have people from a variety of religious traditions. And also, we have a variety of religious traditions represented in the staff who participate. Uh And uh, Mm -hmm. uh, we think it's important to make sure that every staff member who wishes to be a part of this should Mm -hmm. be free to participate regardless of their tradition. What we usually do is, at the beginning of the service, uh, we'll say something to the effect that this is an interfaith service. We may not represent every faith tradition that's in the group of people that being remembered, but we want to be inclusive, mm-hmm. and uh, we have invited people to come and speak, and each person will speak out of their own tradition, out of their own language. Right. Mm-hmm. So a person who's Buddhist will speak in that context. A person who's Christian will use, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, things and languages, you know, the language of their own faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I remember the first time we did this, I was wondering how this would go over, how it would play uh, in Muncie. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I realized that probably most of the group would be a mainstream Christian because that's, right. that's the demographics of the community. Mm-hmm. And I wondered how they would react to a Muslim speaker mm-hmm. or to a Buddhist speaker. It was, to me, it seemed like uh, uh, the group was very responsive and very appreciative. I think there's something about grief that enables us to come together anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, because, that's what we've noticed yeah. in the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship, that when we get people together uh, and we start talking on a very personal level, uh, setting aside dogma mm-hmm. and all, all other things that are associated with religion, we're all going through the same difficulties in life. We all have the same joys in the sense that we have uh, people celebrate when they give birth to a child, people grieve when they have the loss of a loved one, people have sickness to go through, and so forth. And so We all grieve. We don't all grieve the same way. Right. Mm-hmm. We're all spiritual, mm-hmm. but we're not all spiritual in the same way. Right. And uh, but when you are able to 
I think, create an environment where you can be yourself and give other people be permission to be mm-hmm. yourself, then there's a connection there. Uh, on the deep level of feeling, there's mm-hmm. a, a connection that is very much established, I think, right? Yeah. I remember a Muslim physician who went through pretty much of an ordeal mm-hmm. uh, to come to this country. And in his experience, you know, he lost friends and loved ones who, who died in, in some of the struggles that he went through. I see. And when he spoke at the memorial service, he mentioned that. And um, there wasn't a dry eye in the room of people mm-hmm. connected with that. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, I've not lost a loved one here but I can relate to what you're going through because of, of what I have experienced right. and people connected with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember a Buddhist speaker talking about uh, feeling the presence of her family member after they had passed away and that that was a source of comfort. People could connect with that. Yeah. My sense is when we share what we think, that usually divides us. Mm-hmm. But when we share what we've experienced. That's good, or what we feel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, I guess, a point that uh, we like to make in that, uh, has it been your experience that when uh, people come together in an interfaith setting, that uh, there can be a deepening of the experience? A lot of, a lot of criticism is that it just waters it down. Mm-hmm. How do you respond to that? What is your experience with that? Well, I have to be personal again. I, I, mm-hmm. When I was younger, I used to think if I ever reached this point, uh, what I would be would be watered down. Mm-hmm. But I find that for myself as Baptist, as Christian, those things are very deep and very real to me. Also, I found that I can appreciate and learn from somebody else's experience as well. And I guess what it is is, you know, the experience is the key. Right. Mm-hmm. And my experience is valid and meaningful and powerful. Mm-hmm. I don't lose that. But also, I think that enables me to understand and learn from and appreciate the experience of someone else. You mentioned you had a daily uh, uh, devotional uh, uh, moment in the morning mm-hmm. at 9, 9.15. Is that a- attended by people in the hospital? Is that open to people in the it's hospital? It's open to people in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally, that represents the mainstream demographics. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, our philosophy has been that each person who participates can be who they are and say what they are. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so in that particular, what is that? Is, how, about about, how long does that last? It's usually about 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. So in that... Ten, in the 10 or 15 minutes, you have someone come from Christian tradition, you have someone come, say, from the Islamic tradition. Usually it's uh, predominantly tradition. Christian in, mm-hmm. in that particular experience. The, the, the two main experiences that would be interfaith would be the memorial service, and then we'll do like a Thanksgiving service. Mm-hmm. And if you do a Christmas Eve service in the hospital chapel, that's going to be in a more Christian right. context. Sure. Yeah. But if you do a service on the 4th of July... So if you're conducting one of those 915... Uh, servants or, or mm-hmm. 9 to 9.15 and you have someone you see someone from the Christian tradition come in someone mm-hmm. from the Jewish tradition come in someone from the Islamic tradition come how then would you conduct that particular 15 minutes probably a better way to answer that would be if I'm visiting a patient from okay. a different tradition that's probably more where that kind of interfaith happen, interchange mm-hmm. happens and, and and that does happen I've uh, recently visited a Muslim patient I see. A family member called in from out of town mm-hmm. and said, I know you're Christian, but I mm-hmm. want you to go pray for my family member. And uh, generally, the basic pastor rule has always been to listen to feelings, let the patient take the lead. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing applies to spirituality. You let the patient take the lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may even ask the patient, you know, how can I meet your needs spiritually? Are there any specific needs that you have here? Mm-hmm. 
and also uh, to listen to patient stories uh, and hear their experiences. What was it that changed? Uh, if you're talking with somebody who's a uh, recovering alcoholic, you know, what was it that that prompted you to to try to do something about this? I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually, there's some kind of deep spiritual experience that's connected with mm-hmm. you know significant change. It's connected with the struggle. Something happens where they become, you know, there's an awareness of the transcendence that has power to help them get through the mm-hmm. difficult times in life. Good, good. Well, we'd like to thank you very much for being with us today on Converging Streams, and uh, we wish you the very best in the very meaningful ministry that you have as the chaplain of Ball Memorial Hospital. Well, thank you. We have been speaking with Reverend Robert Burton, chaplain of Ball Memorial Hospital in Muncie, Indiana. Regardless of our cultural or religious tradition, we all at certain times in our lives seek the healing presence of the divine, which has the power to transform us and give us strength to endure an illness or the difficult times when we must grieve the loss of a loved one. Independent of how we seek to understand, appealing to the divine spirit that unites us all brings meaning to our experience and in time enables us to grow more completely in the fullness of God's love as we continue our lifelong spiritual journey. Thank you for joining us for Converging Streams. Thank you for listening to Converging Streams, interfaith fellowship in our modern world. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship with content and financial support from the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie and technical support from radio stations WCRD and Work FM. Most importantly, we thank you, our listeners and followers, for your support. To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolf, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.